Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Waddle and Sylvie broadcasting live from Hallis Hall. Uh, just above us, uh, we will go to the press conference. Uh, first, it's going to be Matt Eberflus, who is still the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and uh, Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, announcing why they made the move of firing Luke Getze and uh, many position coaches on the offensive staff. Chris Morgan, really, the only guy who, who kept his job. Yeah. And um, and then, like, I, I, I think they're going to get a lot of questions about Justin Fields. I think, I think they're going to be dodged, most every one of those questions. Of course. They're going to be dodged. I think this is going to be um, something that they're going to scout as the process goes on. I would like to, to have uh, Matt Eberflus continue to call his defensive plays. I, I think that's what's made him a better head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, this is like, to me, a good offensive coach. Like when you hire these young offensive coaches like Mike McDaniel, you don't want Mike McDaniel to give up play calling no, on offense. I don't. So why would you want Matt Eberflus, what made him better as a head coach, why would you want to give the one thing that made him a better head coach, why would you want to get, have him give that up? I agree with you. Like totally. I don't want someone else running his defense. So I, like, I would have him continue to do that, I hope. That when he's he's met with the front office, that this is something that they've sorted out. We've asked Eberflus about that. He said that they would talk about that at the end of the year. And I, I hope they give clarity to that. Uh, and then they're going to have Kevin Warren, uh, instead of being all three together, Courtney, explain this, like why uh, we have three people up there. Kevin Warren's going to have the podium alone when they're done. We're going to carry that press conference as well. I think this is going to be the first time you get real insight into Kevin Warren as the man running things with the Chicago Bears. I hope so, because before he was just speaking about sitting down with members of the staff and not knowing how this building is run. Now that the football season is over, he's witnessed how the building is run. He knows the team. He knows how everything went. So now he could speak from experience instead of just projecting. So now he can actually speak as being the president of the Chicago Bears, what he liked, what he didn't like, mm-hmm. what he wants to change, what he wants to keep the same, how much input he had on the football decisions, how much guidance he's going to give Ryan Poles in the, in the quarterback decision or on how much impact he made on the coaching decision. Is there going to be a parking garage uh, yeah. close? Is this the uh, press conference, guys? I hear people in the background. Uh, this is, a, I think, a PR guy explaining things, how things are going to go. Charlie, just get on microphone and tell me when they're about to start here. So I don't want to miss a, a, a part of this. As we're going to carry the press conference here uh, shortly. But All I right. be- believe that They're was... giving their opening statements right now. Okay, here we go. Here, I want to start by thanking our fans, uh, their support, their energy, uh, that they gave this year was incredible. You know, I take my little walk before each game, and the amount of advice uh, that I get is is incredible. Uh, it, you know, the big part of that too is to win five of the seven games at home, so our fan base sees the progress that we're making. 
Uh, they can feel that energy. They can see these these new players here make an impact um, on our game. It is a, a really special thing. I want to thank our players. The time, the energy that they put into it um, was outstanding this year. There's a lot of change to start the season. Uh, they really poured into each other and, and invested in each other. I can't tell you how many times I got stories of, you know, the D-line was eating dinner over here. The O-line um, was over here eating dinner and spending time with each other. You could feel that. Um, and, and the guys made plays. I, I was really excited for, you know, Montez and, and the uh, impact that he had. Um, DJ, Jalen, guys are stepping up and making plays that are going to help us take the next step. We're really, really grateful for them. Uh, I do want to single out Mercedes Lewis. That's a special human being, um, and I know he's played a, a lot in this league, but was a really key addition to our staff, um, our, our, um, our team in our locker room. The leadership through some of the hard times, the things that he said to pull guys together um, was outstanding, and I'm really, really thankful for him. Um, Coach Flus, his leadership through hard times. Um, we had some adversity early in the season, in the middle of the season. Uh, his ability to stand strong and, and keep the team together was incredible. Um, he, his ability to adapt and adjust as we went along. You know, he had sudden change in terms of his role, and I thought we benefited from that. I thought we got better from that point, and I'm really happy for him. Um, our staff, we take surveys um, from our players just to see, you know, how each department does, and the feedback that we got on our strength conditioning staff, our player performance, our trainers. Our clinicians was incredible. We have an elite, a really a rare group there, um, and those players feel that, and, and they feel like they're being put in the best position to be successful um, on and off the field. And then want to take some time, you know, George and Kevin. Their leadership through the year was incredible. Um, they support our vision. One of the things that I'll never forget is reflecting in the middle of the year on a trade that didn't go well for me. I was bummed about it. Um, took ownership of it. I always have a decision log that I go through and talk about, you know, what I can do better. And we met on that, and they both supported me in terms of saying, keep shooting your shot, man. If you if you put your, um, your log together, you're hitting those boxes that it feels right, and it's going to help our team keep shooting your shot. And for a decision maker to have that type of support is incredible. The last two to three days we spent really reflecting, gathering information on the year. Uh, early Monday from, I think it was 7 in the morning to about 4, 4.30 in the evening. We did exit meetings with every single player on our, our team. Uh, we want to know what we're doing well, uh, what we're struggling, what can be corrected. Anything from team travel to coaching to all of those uh, parts. And we spent time together. On Tuesday, to go over the year, again, what went well, what didn't go well, and, and gather that information. I came away with really two feelings. Uh, one was there was a little disappointment. I wish there's some games that we finished. We were ahead of which we finished those games and really took this thing to a higher level than where we are now. Um, because at the end of the day, our goal is to win championships and to win the division, and we came up short of that. However, I also was really proud of the steps that we did take. Um, if you really look back and, and really look at the starting point and then look at where we are today, you can't tell me you don't see the difference. Um, we're making strong progress. We're doing it the right way. It's built on a solid foundation. It's not a house of cards. It's going to continue to go up um, as we continue to um, have um, continuity with our, with our roster. And that makes the future really bright for us. 
Um, we have flexibility with our cap space. We have a really unique draft situation that's going to allow us to continue to get better. Uh, and like I said, most importantly, the continuity part is going to be critical because when you bring all those things together, we're just going to keep climbing. Um, in terms of our process, I know there's going to be a lot of questions on Justin. There's going to be a lot of questions on the draft process. Um, we are in information gathering mode right now. Um, we are going to turn every, every stone to make sure that we are going to make a sound decision for our organization. Um, I did think Justin got better. Um, I think he can lead this team. Um, but at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And that's the same with free agency. We're going to uh, you know, look at our free agents, get with my personnel staff, do evaluations, and again, make the, the best decision we can for this organization to take the next step. But I'm really proud of where we are and where we're going. I uh, came up a little bit short of our goals this year, uh, but I have no doubt in where this team is going. Uh, good afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, so uh, just reflecting on the year, you know, really just uh, the gratitude uh, piece of this is want to thank Ryan. Uh, Ryan and I confer and talk um, every day uh, about roster, um, about football, about football decisions. And, uh, you know, and through the adversities this year, um, you know, we got closer, you know, and it's our year, our year two together and our bond is even stronger uh, than it was after the first year. And I just want to really uh, just publicly appreciate, you know, and, and say, you know, thank you to him. Uh, same thing with George, you know, and Kevin. Uh, just a remarkable, uh, you know, being able to get wisdom, discernment on decisions, uh, to have a sounding board there. Um, we meet with those guys once a week, but we also the door is always open and you can always talk to them. And uh, that's something that we can always uh, use and utilize, and we do. Uh, so that's big. And then really for me, just uh, – you know, thanking the players, you know, uh, they put everything they have into this season. And, uh, you know, we came out, you know, the, the last part, you know, really starting to play really good football. And that was uh, because of their hard work. You know, the, the investment they had, they improved and they grew as individual players. And we grew as a football team. And you can certainly feel that uh, during the year. Um, and it really doesn't happen unless we do the piece before that. And that's the building of relationships. And I talked to the you know, the local media that's sitting in front of me. I see you guys, you know, a couple of times a week, obviously, and you guys know this, that we spent uh, so much time on that. And that was the foundation and the glue uh, that holds teams together. And we did not cut any corners when it came to that. And we spent time, took attention on that. And that was a big part of us being able to uh, handle the adversities throughout. You know, and the foundation really is, uh, you know, built and established through the players we select you know, so and Ryan does a wonderful job of that, and his staff does a wonderful job, and uh, we're always going to select guys, and you can feel that that love football, and when you have that piece, uh, the selection piece of those, those they play with great energy, they're great teammates, um, they care about their game, they they want to do skill improvement, everything that that takes to be a great football team, they do that. The guys that love football, so that's going to be a big point uh, going forward, you know, and so. Um, as we look at the this whole season, you know, we're playing the long game on this. You know, this there's a long game to this, right? So the first year, you know, we draft um, all these wonderful players, right? You know, you think about, you know, Kyler Gordon, you know, Mako Shark, right? You know, Brisker, you know, uh, Sandman's in there, all those guys, right? Uh, you know, 
uh, Braxton. You know, those guys are a, a foundational piece for us, right? And those guys all played, right? All those rookies played for us and did a wonderful job. Um, you know, and then the second year, same thing, draft class, right? Really strong draft class in the second year, you know, leading with our right tackle. You know, obviously the two D tackles inside. They played a lot of football this year. Um, our two corners that were young that play a lot of ball for us, our receiver, young playing in there. You know, and then to me, it's, it's, those are the foundational pieces. And then we had a unique year last year because we were able to have all this capital to be able to, the, 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 the money, the funds to be able to now take this huge, you know, for agency class and also put those classes together with the draft classes. So to me, that was, uh, that was the magic. And I want to thank the players for that because that's two draft classes and then that big free agency class to be able to really form what we now call the Chicago Bears. And uh, there's some dynamic players in that free agency class that Ryan did an awesome job with. You know, uh, you talk about, you know, Maine and TJ and, you know, uh, Justin Jones and, you know, D-Walk and, you know, uh, you know, in the trades, of course, you know, with Sweat, you know, and DJ. And those are dynamic players. And so we're so excited about that future of bringing those guys together. But that also took time to be able to do that. And uh, the guys really did a great job of coming together. And I want to thank those guys for that. You know, and then you talk about the guys that were here, right? Justin Fields was here, right? And then did a wonderful job of really working himself into that position as a leader. Uh, Cole Komet as well. Um, you know, Cairo was here when we got here, you know, Awesome job, him setting the franchise record. Um, you know, so, and then you talk about the two DBs, right? Bojack and then uh, Jalen. You know, they did a wonderful job. And what he did this year was, was great as well. Um, so, some things that I'm proud of this year in terms of just statistically, you know, the rush offense continued to really shine. Uh, was fourth in the league, you know, in the last eight games, um, you know, so the last back half of the season. You know, and then the interceptions. You know, the interceptions were down in the last half of the season. You know, that was really good to see. That's something we emphasize with Justin, you know, that and the sack total, and he did a really good job of, of, of uh, doing that. Um, defensively, the last uh, eight games, first in the league in scoring defense. Uh, that was really good to see the guys come together that way. We were fifth in the league in, in rush defense the last eight. Uh, the quarterback rating, the QBR, we were first in the league. Um, so that's re- really proud of that. And then also the interceptions. You know, the interception and the ball hawking that our defense um, displayed was really good. Um, and then what's the most important stat is the turnover margin. How did we go five and three um, in the last eight? It was really the turnover margin, right? It's plus 12, right? That's second in the NFL uh, during that time. So those are all winning ways. I talked to the players about that, and that's what they are. And that's that's uh, proof in progress that we've done a good job there. And then just some individual performances. Of course, Cairo had a great year, DJ, Cole, um, TJ Edwards, Maine. All those guys had great years, uh, Jalen. You know, so there's a lot of uh, guys that had really good performances there uh, to really help us uh, going into the future. Um, you know, then, so with the meetings that we had with the players, you know, there's there's some great uh, information there to really mo- uh, move our programs uh, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, those people, you know, the, our staff members take that, you know, and, and do a great job with that information to improve their areas. And uh, the players know that because the proof's in the pudding, right? You know, last year we made a lot of adjustments. Um, to in building to really help our players to perform at the highest level on Sunday. And uh, we, we will implement those changes that we have going forward to once we discuss that as we go. And then uh, you know, then we talked about the staff. We talked about, you know, how do we make our, our, our football team better? And, and as you guys saw this morning, we made the changes, right? We made some adjustments to the offensive staff.
Um, and we felt that, you know, when you looked at the growth um, and the development um, and the improvement, um, it wasn't where it needed to be. And that's why those changes were made. And, and uh, we're looking forward uh, to uh, looking at and talking to um, and hiring a new offensive coordinator uh, that's going to improve our team. You know, that's going to do a great job, um, you know, uh, improving and being aggressive and, and doing the things that it takes to win football games, and we're looking forward to that uh, for sure. Um, and then obviously we have to hire another position on the defense, right, the defensive coordinator position. We're also excited about that opportunity, um, and both both things are highly coveted positions, right? Our, our phones have been blowing up, you know, with uh, with people contact trying to contact us and, you know, different ways and all those things. And, again, we'll go through that process as we go. But uh, we're certainly excited about that. Um, I do feel really good about the defensive staff you know, that, that we have currently. Um, those guys have all been retained. Um, you guys know that we've retained. You know, uh, you know, Simo's been retained. You know, Dre has been retained. And uh, Luke Stecco and Cable have also been retained. And uh, those guys are wonderful coaches, have done a really good job in the growth and development of their positions. Um, and so we're certainly excited about that for sure. Um, you know, and I'll just uh, just piggyback off what what uh, Ryan said about Justin. You know, we love where Justin is right now. He's done a good job growing, um, you know, in the interceptions. You know, keeping those down. You know, the sack totals. He's doing a good job with that. You know, having his eyes down the field. Uh, he's done a wonderful job with that. You know, being able to uh, deliver some strikes down there, and he'll continue to grow um, as we grow this football team. Um, but uh, you know, with that, uh, we'll open up questions. Ryan, you were in a situation last year where you had Justin and you had the number one pick. What's different this year now that you've had an extra year to evaluate Justin and the quarterback prospect class might be a little bit different this year? Yeah, it's. I'll actually go back to, to last year, you know, and I got to stay open minded about it, but I really, not to use the same quote, but when I say I need to be blown away, it's, it's the same setup because, you know, seeing the things that Justin did this year, uh, his ability to make plays. Um, Coach talked about some of those improvements, keeping his eyes down the field, taking less sacks. Um, see a lot of growth there where he can continue to get better. So um, I'll have the same mindset. Someone needs to really show that they, you know, can. And it's not just the film. Like, I need the person. Like, there's a, a whole process here that we have to figure out. Um, but what we're going to do is, is do what's best for the organization. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, similar situations in terms of the trade back, and I got to weigh all of those things to see what's going to help our team take the next step. Right. You guys, when you have this offensive coordinator opening, what are the traits and the priorities that you guys will place on the next offensive coordinator here as you try to fill that position? Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, obviously you want to have somebody that's a great teacher. You know, uh, I think that's important because you know he has to coach the coaches to coach the position. And I think that's the number one trait of any great coach. Um, you know, you have to be able to have uh, the innovation, you know, to, to really look at um, the players that you have and be able to help enhance and put those guys in position to succeed uh, and to get explosives and to move the ball down the field. So um, that right there, I think, is the most important thing. Uh, the, the teacher part of it and then the innovation part of it and the creativity, I think, is going to be the biggest part. How far along are you, how far along are you in a – Changes to the staff – and moving on from several offensive coaches. This team has 10 wins in two years. And I apologize for the awkward nature of this question. What made you want to stay with Matt Eberflus and knowing that that's the direction you want to go at head coach? Yeah, uh, everything I talked about in the beginning, just in terms of his leadership and stability, I really think that the head coach needs to be able to captain the ship when the seas, are storm, or the, when the seas have storms and really keep everything settled. 
Um, when you go through hard times and you can keep everyone together, to me, that's like the critical piece uh, in a big uh, in a market like this. Like you have to be strong. I mean, if he's jumping off the boat and everyone else starts jumping off the boat, it's a hot mess. So the stability was a big piece of it. Um, the detail that he coaches with, taking some of the mistakes from the game, uh, bringing them to practice, and making sure that we're doing things the right way. I saw a lot of progress in that. There's a reason why we went from three to seven wins. There are, the player aspect of it is important, but also the detail and bringing the team together and sticking through those hard times allowed us to push through. And, and you saw a lot of those wins happening towards the back end of the season. If it's not for him, I really don't think that's the case. I think it starts to crumble. Everyone starts to do their own thing. So to me, that was a, a critical piece in this. Right, so right, so right, did you make that decision uh, before the end of the season, yesterday, somewhere in between? Yeah, like all of our jobs is to collect information throughout the entire season. That's on player staff, uh, support staff, everybody. Um, but what I pride myself on and really pride our whole organization on is we take this step after the season to let the dust settle, let the emotions get out, and make the most sound decision that you possibly can make. So that's that's what we did uh, over the last few days. It's just making sure we settle down, look at the big picture, and make sure that we're going in the right direction. Do you have complete autonomy on that, too? Is that totally your choice? Yeah, so it's, it's my call, and what I do is I get with, you know, George and Kevin and, and give my input, and the nice thing about this, we're all on the same page. So what's going on there being storms and Matt guiding them through the storms? Some storms are avoidable. What of the issues that you guys had this year tells you that there will be lessons learned and improvement from that as opposed to those issues recurring next season? Yeah, we take, again, uh, we take, a, and it really over the last few days, um, but also in the season two, we take a lot of pride in the after action setup where we look back and we look at the, the issues that we had, what's avoidable, what's not. If it's avoidable, what can we do to make sure that we stay away from those storms so that we continue to improve, improve and not repeat the same mistakes um, that we had? So I think. We'll continue to do that. We've done that a lot this year, uh, so I feel confident in that. Ryan, Ryan what, what did C.J. Stroud do this season that maybe would have been hard to foresee last spring? Um, I mean, I'm not going to get into other teams' players, um, but really happy with his, his progress that he's made and he's done a nice job for them. Matt, when, you're, when you're doing the offensive coordinator search, how do you find somebody who's both equipped to be the to get the most of Justin Fields? <laughs> Also equipped to develop a number one draft pick or, or a rookie quarterback of you guys. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, and and uh, I think the the, uh, the offensive coordinator and really any good coach knows how to uh, adjust and adapt to uh, the play caller or the signal or the quarterback uh, because uh, you have injury, right? You have changes. You have and you see it during the course of the year. How many backups played this year? You got to adjust uh, your scheme to fit the quarterback, you know, and the skill set that you have available to you be that quarterback or receiver or tight end. And the adaptability to be able to do that during the course of a season is huge. Um, you know, so that, that, that would be the thing. Does Justin's unique skill set add any layer to that of limitation? I don't know if it's limitation or just a challenge because his skill set is just different than a lot of other quarterbacks. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Matt, what right. went into your decision to move on from, from you, know, so you mentioned development, but can you expand on that? Yeah, just the uh, you know the growth and development of the of the offense. You know, to me, uh, needed to be uh, better than what it was. And uh, you know, to me, you know, you look at the passing game. Certainly, that's one aspect of it, and uh, that that's where it is. And uh, we decided to move on uh, from that. And again, that was my decision. Um, obviously, conferring with uh, you know, Ryan and George and Kevin, and, 
and uh, we made that decision this morning. Matt, you've now had seven coaches this season either dismissed or depart from the building. How do you account for those missteps? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question, and uh, I understand the question. Um, I think when you're uh, running an organization, you know, a, a team, a football team, and, and you're the head of that, you got to make tough decisions, and those tough decisions were made, and uh, we feel it's in the best interest for the Bears to do that. You obviously have to find replacements. What mistakes can you avoid making a second time reassembling a staff here? Yeah, just uh, you know, taking all the information, um, do a great job with uh, discerning, uh, have some wisdom there. Uh, conferring with uh, Ryan and the rest of the staff that's here and, and make a good decision. Ryan, 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 how does, how does the reset at offensive coordinator at Ryan impact your view of Justin and his future here? Yeah, I got a lot of faith in the process that we're going to get kicked off in terms of finding the right fit. And we talked about it a little bit, but the ability to be uh, adaptable to the talent that you have is critical. I think Matt hit it and we saw it across the league. Um, there's some teams that actually got better with some a lot of changes. Um, if you don't have the ability to adapt and adjust to the talent that you have at that position, it makes it really hard. So that's going to be a part of our, our process. Ryan, as you look at the quarterback decision you have to make, is there a world where you can draft a quarterback with the number one pick and keep Justin? Or are you of the belief that that's an untenable situation and it would have to be one of the other yeah, So my brain has gone crazy all year just thinking about the – just a million different scenarios, uh, and I'm sure that's that's one of them. Um, I'll just stay very wide open with uh, the different paths that we can go, and as we collect information, if that close you know closes some of those um, those pathways down, then we'll do that. Move to the other ones, but I'm going to be wide open about this. Ryan, if you weren't blown away by C.J. Stroud, what is your standard that's going to allow you to find a quarterback who might be better than Justin Fields? I know you don't want to talk about the evaluation, but the evaluation of Stroud that you had is key because it gives fans an indication of just how good you are at evaluating quarterbacks in an important decision. Absolutely. Um, so there's a lot of it. There's you know the player aspect in terms of the human being and the leadership and uh, their maturity, and that's the human part. And then there's the tape. And we'll go through the tape and we'll look at you know processing and accuracy and all of those things to make sure they're on point to feel the best. Uh, there are situations where you go to and you develop um, and you may uh, overcome some of the shortcomings that you had in college. Um, there's situations where it's the you know the group around you that elevates you. Um, and the other thing too is like I would also you know have a little card like you got the sample size to be blown away like in the NFL like you got to stack year after year after year. So um, historically, we'll look at those quarterbacks that have been able to be productive for a long period of time and kind of mirror that and compare that to some of the guys in the draft. Do you feel, do you, feel you misevaluated Stroud, and, and did that teach you anything about the evaluation process that he was so good this year with a team that's very similar to the one you have? Yeah, no, I don't I don't think so at all. I think you have to take in what's best for your team. Um, so when you look at that situation and how it ended up playing out, to have DJ, to have uh, Darnell, to have Stevenson, to have the first overall and the second uh, next year, I feel like that's the best for our organization. Matt, if you guys stick with Justin, what are the challenges that you perceive of him having to learn his third offense in four years? Uh, Justin's very smart, um, very intelligent. Uh, he's able to adapt and adjust, uh, so I don't see that being a problem at all. Ryan, you mentioned getting disappointed in some of the games that got away. When you look at Denver, Detroit, Cleveland, well, how did you evaluate the coaching accountability in those three losses in particular? Yeah, I, I kind of looked at a big picture. Um, my biggest thing is just putting teams away when you got them on the ropes. 
uh, the killer instinct just to, to knock it out, um, to put the game away. Um, that was kind of my reflection of it, and, and that's what matters to me. So, again, when we go through this process, um, we'll, we'll look at that in terms of just being able to put teams away. There's like a balance between cautious and aggression that you have to you have to have a feel for that. So right. that's a big part. Right. How much do you take into account, or sh- should you take into account, the, the seemingly endless support for Justin Fields that we perceive to exist in the locker room just from talking to players? Do you take that into account, or do you have to separate that part? Um, I have to separate it a little bit, but I absolutely love it. I mean, when you talk about building a team, I want that type of support in our locker room. I want those guys to, when they go take the field, I want them to believe in the player that they have at that quarterback position. I want them to believe into the person to the right and to their left. So I absolutely love that. Um, any decision, uh, I got to take the emotion out of it and, and, and look at the, the whole, whole deal there. Brian, this won't, be, this won't be your first time on a deep dive of a quarterback draft class. What do you envision as the, the, the most important parts of this next 10 to 12-week process as you do your homework on the entire class? And what have you learned through experience about how you – that 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 group the person um, that's the biggest the biggest part I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field uh, the human being we got to figure out um, this especially be a quarterback in, in this city you got to have it right you got to have toughness to you you got to have mental toughness you got to be able to block things out um, so really I, I got to find out about the human beings what are the key components of that what, what will you do to learn wiring of all these guys spend time, spend time. Uh, reach out to the, the people that spent a lot of time with them through over the years. Um, and then I always feel like if you can sit down and look someone in the eyes and, and spend time with them, ask them the right questions, uh, you can learn a lot. Ryan, don't you, don't you need to have clarity about some clarity about your quarterback plans as you talk to offensive coordinator candidates? Because that would seem to change possibly the, the group of candidates that you could get, the tone of those interviews. And those are very different tasks between coming into work with Justin versus helping you guys pick the right quarterback at number one. No, I love it because you have to, what are you going to do for these four different types of quarterbacks? I want to hear that. And I think it's really important to see the versatility and the adaptability in their, in their, um, their teaching and the way they implement a plan scheme, adjust. Um, I think it actually makes it pretty dynamic in terms of the interview process. Uh, when it comes to defense, are you going to call plays next year? Yeah. So, uh, we're still looking at that. You know, I think it's something I've stated I'd love to do. Uh, but as we talk to these candidates, you know, we're going to keep everything open right now. But uh, certainly welcome that again for next year. Uh, but we'll see as we go through this process. The, the defensive coordinator is in the traffic position. If you have your defensive staff already set, and if the person may or may not call plays, how is that attractive? Yeah, I think they're both uh, offense and defensive coordinator positions are very attractive based on the personnel we have and based on the rise of this team. And uh, you can certainly see that, the progress. And, uh, again, as we visit with these guys, we'll, we'll be able to see that. They'll be able to see that. They know that. Um, you know, we're always aware of other people's rosters and, and where the vision for the team's going. And uh, ours is definitely in a positive way that team uh, uh, coaches want to come here and coach. Given the history of this team the last decade or so where there have been coaches who have inherited quarterbacks and quarterbacks who have gone on to coaching staffs that are that did not draft them, how do you break that cycle this time around? Yeah, um, when you look at the interview process, just bringing in the right people, like I said, that can adapt and adjust and, and put players in the best position to be successful. Um, and then, again, getting the, the players right in terms of the skill and the, the leadership and the person, uh, their character, getting that right. If you get those right, 
Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about you know the history of different things. It's a different situation. This is to me this roster's built on really solid ground. So um, it's a little bit different of a, of a situation in my mind. Brian, you can you can start to fill out the various positions, a bunch of them on offense. Do you have any concern that outside perception could be Matt's going to be entering a win now in 2024 situation? No, I don't. I think they're going to look at the roster and see there's a lot of uh, young, talented players on the roster that they really want to work with. That are, It's going to elevate um, that platform and elevate our team to be a championship-caliber team. And when you win championships, there's a lot of real cool things that happen with everybody. So I think they're going to see that as a good opportunity. Even if your evaluation has you leaning towards staying with Justin, could a team propose a trade bill that blows you away and, and still cause you to move on from him? Um, it's a tough hypothetical. I mean, for what happened last year, I didn't see it to be, you know, for it to turn out the way that it did. So, again, I got to stay open-minded. Um, but it's hard to kind of work that hypothetical in my mind, come up with like a fake trade that would do that. It's it's tough. But, um, again, I got to stay open-minded. Matt, Ryan, did you, you, did you insist you? that the new offensive coordinator keeps Chris Morgan and Jim Dre, the two assistants? Yeah, like I said, uh, Chris Morgan and Dre are on staff. Yeah, but will you insist that? Is Chris Morgan going to be here next season, no matter who you hire at offensive coordinator? Will that coordinator? Yes, he is. He'll be in routine. Yes, sir. Ryan, did, did you talk to Jim Harbaugh or his agent? And if not, why not? No, I haven't talked to Jim. Ryan, did, why? Why is this? Coach of Michigan. Sorry. Right. Did, did you? He was not a consideration. You know, you did not see him as a. No, yeah. like I said, we're we're going with Matt, and uh, I gave the reasons why. Um, I think go through. You know, I didn't. I didn't go talk to anybody. Brian, where do you where do you still want to see growth? Um, still see growth. You know, the two minute, the two minute part. Uh, that's a critical part that we got to continue to get better at um, because that's where you win games um, and more games, close games. Um, and a lot of times when you look at the playoffs and, and championships, that's that's where you close it out. So that's that's one big part. Brian, what, Brian, are, your, what are your next steps in um, reengaging with Jalen Johnson's camp as far as negotiations? Yeah, uh, we have really good communication. Uh, you know, the big thing was just kind of take a break here after the season, um, and then we'll start talks again. I feel really good about that situation. Um, Jalen's not going to go anywhere, um, and we'll work through to get something done. Brian, do you see next year is kind of I – mean, we're hearing a lot about navigating rocky waters and things like that, but yep. next year is kind of like the standards are a little higher. Oh, you know? I mean, is that is, do we see next year as the standards actually getting higher? Yeah. Um, first of all, our standard is always going to be to win the division, and we're starting to chip out at, at, at that. Um, that's what made you know that last game disappointing too, because I thought there was an opportunity to kind of split that in half and, and take three there. Um, that's always going to be our expectations, but this team is is ready to take the next step. We always have high expectations of of what we should be. Brian, you mentioned how tough it is to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears with everything that goes with it. Yeah. Why, why do you think that? And do you think, just from your experience around the league, this is the toughest place to be the quarterback? Yeah, listen, anytime you have a passionate fan base, um, there's pressure to be the best and and to get over the hump and, and, and carry that team to the, to the next level. Um, I think this fan base is is dying for you know that guy to do that, and um, yeah, that's part of living in the big city. It's part of being a head coach in a big city, a gym in a big city. You got to have thick skin, and uh, be able to block out the noise and, and go to work regardless of the ups and downs. And uh, 
your family's got to do that too. Um, but you want people that want to take on that challenge. Matt, when you hired Luke Getzey, you said it was because you had studied offensive systems and that was the toughest one to defend. But is there a system that, that you want to go to now that's the same or different? Uh, what, what sort of style do you want in a new offense? Yeah, I think we have an open mind. You, know, you have an open mind and listen to these candidates and, and do a really good job of uh, pulling that information and gathering it and then also making good decisions to who we hire. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and uh, I'm excited about getting that going. What do you want to be good at offensively? It depends on who's available for the skill, right? You know, what, you know who's available for that game. I think you have to do multiple that way um, and who you plan. You know, is the team really good at stopping the run? And you're going to have to find other ways to uh, move the ball down the field. And I think that's what we're talking about, the multiplicity uh, of being able to, to uh, bend and adjust um, not only, you know, before the game, but also in game. Was that the sense that you got from players during exit interviews? You know, we heard from DJ the other day, and he brought up the idea, are we going to be a team that's built on explosives? Or are we going to be a team that runs the ball to control the clock? Did you get a sense from players that they weren't sure what the identity is offensively and ultimately are you hoping to find that? Yeah, I think you have to have an identity for sure, um, but you also have to be able to adjust. Um, you know, you have to be able to stand on something. You know, a run of the football is one of them. And I also think that being adjustable and adaptable is another one. You know, um, getting the explosives, which I think, you know, was referred to um, there, is, is obviously how you score points. That's how you score points. And, uh, again, we're going to have to continue to grow that way. Right. Ryan, I think it's better. Go ahead, Herb, go ahead. At the beginning of this season, I asked you how many holes on the roster, what percentage of the holes on the roster you thought you had filled. And I appreciate that you gave me an answer of 75, 80. I didn't disagree with you. But you also said that you'd have to go through the season and evaluate the hits and misses. Now that that's over, you headed to this offseason. What percentage of holes do you feel remain to fill in this offseason? You know, I want to go through the tape from the whole year um, and give my front office on that, but it's it's getting smaller, which is good. Do you think it's better to have the number one pick this year than last year in terms of value? Do you think that that is going to be worth more if you were to trade it, that you would get more in return for it than you did last year? It's hard to tell right now. Um, you've all been a part of the draft coverage. Things change quick. Um, some of the mocks that you see now are probably not right, right? So that changes the whole dynamic. So um, it's tough to answer that question. But I, I think the first pick's always going to be in demand. How much, I don't know. Ryan, did, did Braxton Jones solidify himself at left tackle, or is that something where you're kind of not sure and, and, and could be like a high a high round uh, pick as, a, as an upgrade? Where, where, do you, where do you stand on him? Yeah, I thought Braxton did a good job. Obviously, he got a little dinged up. That was the first time he's missed a game. Um, he did a nice job. He continues to get better. I was proud of the progress. Um, he spent a lot of time with Olin this offseason just working on his anchor, and I thought you saw improvements there. Um, I do believe he's a starting left tackle. Um, but if it comes down to a situation where we increase competition, um, then and that's what's best for us, then we'll do that. But I'm proud of Braxton. Last year, the presumptive number one at this time, let's not go number one because of some off-the-field stuff. Does that affect your timeline this year in terms of when you need to be sure about something? You just said, you know, the draft order or, or the uh, you know draft picks change. You know, you see everything shift. Last year was a pretty dramatic shift. What did you learn? From that, um, do your research. You know, again, get the get the human being right in the character. Um, that's always going to be important. I feel like that's emphasized every year, though.
Matt, you mentioned that your phone has been blowing up as it relates to the offensive coordinator position. How far along are you in having a kind of a crystallized vision of, of people you want to talk to and, and contact and knowing that this won't be the only offensive coordinator position open in the league? What's the level of urgency? Yeah, um, always a sense of urgency. You know, I think that's important uh, to gather the information and uh, we're going to get started right away. You know, so we're just starting the process right now. Um, you know, of course, you know, we've been, uh, you know, it's important that we do a really good job of, you know, gathering the information, but also, you know, taking our time to be able to digest that and make a great decision. So we're going to do that. We have a list currently, a short list that you're working off of to start? Of course. Of course. Yep. Brian, what about Mooney? Where do you, where do you stand on Mooney? He was one of the guys you were really high on when you came in. The production has dipped a lot. He's going to be a free agent now. Yeah. Um, again, we'll evaluate the whole year um, and be, like I told a lot of the guys that are free agents, you know, we'll be in contact with them in terms of our direction. You know, there's different buckets. There's there's guys that are going to have to go test the market and kind of see what's out there for them and maybe they circle back. Um, but, yeah, I know, you know, Mooney wishes he played a little bit better this year and, and things went better for him and uh, made some more connections. Um, uh, but I know he's going to bounce back and, and have a really good career. How much of that do you put up his dip in production? How much of that do you put on the coaching staff not maximizing the talent of a player that was a thousand yard receiver before you got here? Yeah, you got to look at everything. Um, but I also think there's an impact. I think Cole's targets went up and you got DJ that gets added. Um, you know, he was uh, missed early. You know, it was the training camp OTAs just coming back from the injury. So there's a lot of factors in there. Brian Lester, you said the me- you said the measurement of success. I think with more wins, I think was what you said. Uh, is there a more def- definite uh, or defined uh, measurement of success for 2024? Uh, other than our annual goal, which is to win the division and be a championship caliber team, that that's what we're going to aim for. So, so but yes, uh, win more. Matt, when you're looking at defensive coordinator, you obviously have a foundation on defense already set. So what are you looking for for someone who will complement what you set out there, but also you and, and your role in that? Yeah, uh, really looking just to enhance the staff. You know, and it's got to be a good fit. But uh, you're looking for uh, an all-star staff on both sides, and uh, you, you know, dynamic guys that can take you know the from the classroom to the to the drill work, and then really put that on the on the field. And and that position is going to be tying that together. You know, of course, you know, and working with me to do that as well. But uh, it's important that we find the right person um, that has you know great character. You know, that's a, that's a great motivator um, and, and it can be in front of the room if, when I'm not in there, when I'm with the offense or preparing for you know something else and working in other, other areas of the building. But uh, that's an important piece to it. Would you consider promoting from within to fill the defensive coordinator spot? Yeah, I think we're looking at everything right now. I, I, we're considering everything, and, and we'll see where everything goes as we as we gather the information for sure. Brian, so Mark's question, is that your expectation for this coming season that you guys will be a championship contending team? I don't think you could have probably said that in year one or even this year, but is that what's expected this season? I did say that in each year, that that's, that's the goal. Brian, you guys talk about playing the long game and doing these things the right way, uh, but also raising the standard. I'm, I'm just curious, if you have a rookie quarterback in here next year, does that change the calculus with the win-loss record standards, knowing, okay, we got a new guy in here? Yeah, if that's the direction that it plays out, I think there's enough support to continue to rise up um, and have a young quarterback. Obviously, you know, when you look at you know, bringing in the staff, you know, that development plan is going to be critical. Right. I know it's I know it's one game on Sunday, but you know how important that Green Bay rivalry is to this yeah. building. 
How did you square what happened on Sunday with the progress that you guys have made in the previous two months? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I mean, that's that's why I wanted to win that game so bad because you kind of felt it from Atlanta, and, and I was really hoping to carry that last game out. But uh, you know, that's one of those things you learn. Like, we're just not there yet, um, and we got to continue to get to a point where we take that next step and continue to add players and and put ourselves in that that position. Um, but yeah, I know how much that means to this city, you know, and this team. Um, and we got to take the steps necessary to get that done. When you say you're not there yet, where are you trying to get to? What what is not there at this time that that's not there yet? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the really where we started, and it's continuing to add playmakers that can take us to the next level. Um, I know self-reflecting for both of us, like there's places where I, I want to continue to be better, adding to the roster. There's places where coaches, you know, want to do a better job finishing or putting our guys in a better situation to be successful. So it's really a holistic. We're all looking at where we can close the gap on that. When you look at a quarterback development plan, what gives you your confidence in Matt to oversee a plan and a staff that no matter who's playing quarterback, there will be a, a developmental plan that takes them to their maximum level? Yeah, just like I talked about, um, it starts with the leadership piece. It starts with uh, his knowledge of the game um, and then the ability to you know, hire coaches to make sure we have a really good process and we, we bring in the right types of people that can, can put those plans together um, to help our guys take that next step. And if it's a young quarterback, then that's what it is. If it's to continue to elevate Justin, that's going to be a big part too. Coach, when you look at the center position, you're probably more comfortable bringing in a rookie if you have a veteran quarterback there. In a season that's so important, you talk about competing for a championship, you hear your GM say that. Could you be comfortable having a rookie center and a rookie quarterback coming here next year? Yeah, I think you look at the person, right, and then the production, and then the, you know his uh, his traits, you know, and uh, you make a d- good decision from there. You know, looking at all options, you know, it's uh, it's important. Um, it would be, you know, if that did happen, that would be cool for those guys to grow together. Uh, but again, that's uh, one option, and we have several options available to us. If you have a rookie quarterback, though. Would you rather have a veteran center? Like I said, you know, you're. I don't know the person you're talking about. I haven't met him. You know what I mean? So it's like. You know, obviously, um, looking for the best option. And it could be that option, or, or it could be the other option with a veteran. Right. And, and you guys evaluated the issues in the passing game this year. How much did you put on Justin's still need for growth, and how much did you place on coaching and not being put in the position to succeed with the scheme? Uh, I can't really give you a percentage, but it, it's it's a marriage. Like it, it works together. Um, so really, you know, I think there's things that both sides can can learn to do better to again take it to the next level. Ryan, in, in retrospect, how do you feel like the, the Darnell Wright, Jalen Carter, Dexter Pickens thing kind of played out, you know, with you have the obvious decision you, know, you made. How'd you feel about that and, and Yeah, I feel really good. Darnell did a outstanding job. Um, you know, he continues to work on his technique. I think once he closes that gap, you know, the technique gap and the consistency of using the right techniques versus the right players. There's a Rolodex that you got to build out in terms of the, the pass rushers that you go against because they all have different stuff. So when he starts putting that together, uh, you're going to see a really good player. The, he's out there right now, you know, as a rookie, he was out there just using his natural ability. Um, and in a lot of games, that was good enough. Uh, but there were some games and some reps where it wasn't good enough, and he's got to continue to get better. And I know he's going to put the time in, um, but he's made it the right stuff. Um, he's tough. He's strong. Like all of those core pieces are going to allow him to, to build off of that and I think be a really good player. And Dexter was, was what you thought or as good you, you know, what you, th- what you think of his yeah, uh, uh, development? Really good story. I mean, that's that's 
a normal rookie season to me is a guy who, you know, maybe was a little quiet early in the season. He was trying to find his way, um, learning a different technique than what he had in college. Kept working. His coaches kept working with him. The vets helped him. You know, Billings and those guys, Walker, they were so – Justin Jones were impactful with those. That's This group is so close. Like, they were helping each other get better. Whether it was the first team, start back up, it doesn't matter. Like, they were spending time with each other to master their craft. And as the season went along, you saw him get better and better. He started to affect the quarterback more. He started to affect the run more. Uh, so I really like his growth process and, and really excited for this whole team. But for those young guys to take the next step next year, they're going to put the work in this summer. And, and really come back even better than we're this right, year. Right. Brian, I know you said that you're going to look at all the options as it pertains to the number one pick. Are you? Can you say definitively is number one pick for the right price for sale? Uh, again, I'll, I'm wide open to anything. So if someone wants to call me with an idea, that's fine. I'm, I'm open to it. Are you follow? Are you hoping to follow the same timeline? I know going into the combine last year, it was made known that it would be it would be available. If someone wanted to pay for it. Um, you hope to have that same timeline by the end of February. <laughs> It depends on what factors are in it, but um, in my mind right now, this, I'm going to take this all the way to April. Ryan, given the two top ten picks you have, given the, the cap health that you've built, how do you describe the opportunity that awaits you in the next four months to do all the things that you envision doing? Yeah, you're, you're flexible. And, again, just like I talked about with the draft, what, what's there, how might may not be there later. So uh, we have a board that we look at, and, and my guys do a great job setting that up. Um, we got to look into all of the different scenarios that could play out. Uh, so really, we're just going to stay wide open with it. It's just nice to be flexible. So if something pops up that you don't expect um, or someone, you know, it just works out the way that you wanted to, you at least have uh, the financial stability to, to execute something and, and not hurt yourself down the road. Are you, getting, are, you getting, are you hearing from a lot of front office people about with Ian interviewing? We know he's interviewing in Washington, and I assume other places as well. Are you starting to hear about that from your front office people, along with you know your your draft fortunes? Yeah, uh, trying to steal my guy. <laughs> now I got another one that they're after. Um, so I, there's two things there. One, I'm extremely proud um, because part of my own. Um, my own deal is I want to produce as many, I'm sure he does with head coaches, I want to produce as many GMs in this league as possible. <coughs> I think that's a, it's a, it's a big thing. Um, so uh, I'm proud of him, but at the same time, you know, those are big shoes to fill um, in terms of helping run the front office and, and get things done and evaluating players. So um, that's why development is so important to me in terms of our scouting assistants up to uh, our area scouts, make sure they're developed so everyone can just keep taking that step up. But, um, you know, if anyone's listening, Ian's, Ian's a stud. Brian, when it comes to the coordinator searches, what will your how will your level of involvement this time around compare to two years ago? Yeah, we're going to work really closely. Um, you know, I think when you first jump into this, uh, it's the speed is really it's up to speed, and, and there's a lot of coaches on flights all over the place. So, uh, and I was just we were both getting in the door. So, you know, I think we'll work hand in hand on this and, and have some really good conversations. Um, so that we, we make the best hire possible. Brian, Brian, back to, you. to clarify, when you were talking about the quarterbacks earlier and you said with all four guys, are you referring to the four quarterbacks you're expecting to be first-round guys at first-round grades? That's it. You said four guys. Do you be referring to anybody in specific with that? No, I didn't think I said four. If I did, I did. You didn't know, is that related to people, like 
guys who have first round grades or in your mind? No, there's more than that right now, but Ryan, I said that I misspoke. Ryan, give me time for a few more. Give him a shot that you shot with the Montez trade in, uh, I guess, late October, early November. When you reflect back on what that did, what, what are your lasting impressions of, of that move and then obviously what it did for your team? Yeah, you know, I, I sat up here and I talked about, I don't know if it was up here with Jeff, but I talked about being a multiplier. Like, you want to talk about a multiplier, like a multiplier on the field, but you know, again, we were doing exit interviews and talking to our guys throughout the year. Like, he helped that entire defense. I think it, it when you add players like that, all of a sudden, I think you could kind of see everyone have a little bit more swagger to them, and I think it affected the back end. You saw the interceptions go up. Um, you saw us win more games. So um, really good of uh, the Tez, the Tez effect there. Um, so really proud of that one. And great human being, too. Ryan, 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 Ryan. Anybody, need, anybody need surgery this offseason? Um, not at this time, no. So that's that's a huge positive, right? Like when you talk about continuity and bringing people back, they're going to come back healthy and ready to go. Ryan, at this point, have you decided whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option for, for Justin? No. Like I said, I'm gonna. we got time before we got to do that. So there's a lot of phases there, and, uh, again, we'll, we'll make the best decision. Ryan, 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 Ryan. Three te- go back to the three technique. You're part of the engine of your defense. I know Justin's going to play better once Montez came and Javon came on a little bit late. Do you feel like that dominant player that you need at that position in this defense is, is, is you may have to go outside again to find that first season in the draft appearance? Yeah, you know, and I told him this all the time, you can never have enough pass rushers and never enough corners, you know, so we're just going to keep bringing them in. You know, so we, we have something there available to us. We love our players that are that are currently on our on our roster for sure. Uh, they've done a really good job. That D-line really played well um, this year. Uh, for sure, but uh, we're always looking, you know, to enhance that for sure. Josh, how did you evaluate Eddie's season, and what's his future with the franchise? Yeah, I know it didn't go exactly the way that he wanted to. You know, just kind of being dinged up a little bit there. Um, but I thought, you know, where his impact is is really with with Brisker. You know, the communication on the back end. Uh, when Eddie was in, you could tell Brisker felt really, really comfortable. Uh, really, that whole group. Uh, he really impacts the communication, and you can see that. Thank you. Thanks. Bears general manager Ryan Poles meeting the media with head coach Matt Eberflus. So many different things to discuss. I believe President uh, Kevin Warren, Bears President Kevin Warren, is going to meet the media here in a second as well. We'll get you right back to that also. But so many things. Jeff Meller and I were talking through this whole thing as Sylvie was upstairs smiling. Uh, oh, are we going to Kevin Warren right now? Here's Bears. Coach talked about some of those improvements, keeping his eyes down the field. 